Chapter thirty four of the Emancipation of South America by Bartolome Mitre. Translated by William Pilling. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Piotr Natter. San Martin and Cochrane, eighteen twenty one, eighteen twenty two. History seeks in vain to blot from her pages the invectives hurled at each other by the two heroes of the liberating expedition to Peru. They themselves have perpetuated them in documents in which each appeals to the judgment of the world. Cochrane has insulted and calumniated San Martin by calling him a sanguinary tyrant, an incompetent general, a hypocrite, a thief, a drunkard, etc., etc. San Martin, through his ministers, accused Cochrane of depredations akin to piracy and of being an embezzler of public property, who made traffic with the naval force placed under his command. The admiral, who thought nothing great but his own deeds and his own hatreds, extreme in everything, who had spoken of his own country as a degraded nation ruled by a parliament of scoundrels, looked upon the South American Revolution as a commercial transaction carried on by a set of intriguing, cowardly rascals. San Martin, more prudent, returned him insult for insult by other hands, and he did not descend to calumny, and when the angry moment had passed, troubled himself no more about him. The antecedents of this quarrel we have already sketched. Though seeking to make common cause with him, San Martin never confided in Cochrane, had a very low idea of his merits as a leader of troops on land, and found reason to repent of such trust as he did place in him on such service. This the admiral attributed to jealousy. In the squadron itself there was a party inimical to Cochrane. Guise and Spry drew up a protest against the new name given to the Esmeralda, and were tried by court-martial for breach of discipline. But San Martin, who saw in Guise a future admiral, took him under his protection, and made Spry one of his aides-de-camp. In the inscription on the medals struck in celebration of the Declaration of Independence, no mention was made of the fleet. At this Cochrane took umbrage, and would accept no excuse. From this time he became very pressing in his demands for the arrears of pay due to his crews, speaking clearly of the danger of a mutiny. These arrears dated from before the sailing of the expedition. The foreigners were only kept on board by an express promise from San Martin to pay everything and a year's pay as bounty when he took Lima. He also decreed a donation of $50,000 to the captors of the Esmeralda. Neither of these promises were fulfilled. On the 4th of August, 1821, Cochrane went himself to the palace to urge these claims, and alleges that San Martin refused any money except as part of the purchase money of the ships which should be sold to Peru. This is denied by Monteagudo and Garcia del Rio, who were present. It was then that he was informed by San Martin himself that he had assumed the title of Protector of Peru, upon which Cochrane, now looking upon himself as the representative of Chile, reiterated his claims. San Martin acknowledged his responsibility for the year's pay he had promised as bounty, and for the fifty thousand dollars promised to the captors of the Esmeralda, but denied that he was in any way responsible for the pay of crews in the service of Chile, and told Cochrane he might take his ships and go where he pleased. But regretting his hasty words, he then stretched out his hands to the admiral, asking him to forget what had passed. "'I will forget when I can,' replied Cochrane. 
the admiral seems also to have regretted his haste for on returning on board he wrote to san martin a letter in english full of profuse compliments to which san martin replied in similar terms but neither of them touched at all upon the question between them the correspondence continued but no money was paid and cochrane wrote to o'higgins that he could not answer for the loyalty of his crews who were in want of common necessaries and hinted his fears that they would seize the ships and turn pirates when cochrane returned on board after the refusal of san martin to attack canterac see last chapter he found his men on the verge of mutiny on the approach of canterac san martin had as a measure of precaution sent the coin and bullion from the mint and treasury on board a ship at anchor at ancon and had given permission to private individuals to embark their valuables on the transports or on board neutral vessels when cochrane heard of this he seized the whole of this treasure under pretext that they were contraband shipments but gave receipts for the packages he received a peremptory order to return them to their owners but wrote to san martin that he could not obey the order as he had no other means of preventing a mutiny than by paying his men with whatever money he could lay hands on if the blockade were raised callao could not be captured so san martin was forced to temporize and insisted only on the restitution of private property to which cochrane acceded when callao surrendered the peruvian government ordered cochrane to give up the rest of the treasure to an official of the war office cochrane regretted that his duty to chile obliged him to prevent by any means in his power insubordination and rebellion in the chilean fleet san martin then gave way and cochrane distributed one year's pay to all his crews but kept the rest of the money for the general use of the squadron after this many of the seamen deserted to spend their money on shore which occasioned so much disorder that san martin ordered cochrane to return to chile and report to his own government cochrane denied the right of the protector of peru to give any such order but some days after weighed anchor and left the harbour san martin then wrote to o'higgins proposing to declare cochrane an outlaw but o'higgins was too clear-sighted to commit any such folly and acknowledged that they themselves were much to blame for what had occurred besides which cochrane's conduct gave great satisfaction to the chilean people and he himself had sent a despatch to the chilean government informing them that he was sailing to guayaquil to careen the o'higgins and to look for the two spanish frigates prueba and venganza cochrane was incapable of treachery to the cause he had adopted he was the same hero as before with all his defects and all his great qualities his intention on leaving callao was to complete his great work by driving the last vestiges of spanish domination from the pacific he sent the lautaro and the galvarino back to chile and with the rest of his ships reached guayaquil on the eighteenth of october where he spent six weeks in repairing them on the third of december he sailed again looking into every bay and inlet along the coast as far as california for his prey the two frigates had been employed on transport service by various spanish authorities on the pacific coast and on the fourth of december had left panama for guayaquil where they capitulated to salazar and lamar who were there at the time as representatives of peru 
the prueba was sent off by them to callao to give herself up to the peruvian government but the venganza remained at guayaquil to make some necessary repairs and she was still there when cochrane returned on the third of march the admiral sent an armed boat to seize her and hoisted the chilean flag the people manned the batteries and threatened to sink her upon which he consented to leave her with them until the question of ownership was decided by the governments of chile and peru cochrane then sailed south and touching at one of the northern ports of peru was refused either provisions or water by the authorities who had special orders to that effect from the protector in great dudgeon he went on to callao where the appearance of his ships caused great alarm the prueba now the protector under command of captain guise was manned by troops from shore and anchored under the batteries cochrane sent an angry missive to the minister of marine complaining of the treatment he had met with and again demanded payment of the debts owing to him the minister went off to see him invited him ashore and offered him the command of an expedition against the philippine islands cochrane was not to be appeased by words a few days after that the schooner montezuma sailed close past him without saluting he threatened to fire on her and compelled her to cast anchor then boarding her he hauled down the peruvian flag and hoisted the chilean it seemed as though the quarrel would culminate in an actual fight till on the tenth of may cochrane sailed for valparaiso where he was welcomed in triumph and his conduct received official approbation soon after cochrane left for ever the shores of the pacific whose waves will murmur the record of his glorious deeds to the end of time having now one ship of war the peruvian government commenced to organize a navy which they placed under the command of blanco encalada End of chapter thirty four